Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you love us first. And we believe you are our protector. Today, Father, please teach us, Lord, how to be protected by you, Lord. And we're going to practice what we learn. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have been learning about Psalm 91 so many times. And if you notice one thing about my way of teaching is that I'm very repetitive. The reason I'm very repetitive because the Bible says, this is biblical, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing of the word of God. I notice as a pastor, as a shepherd of God's flock, so many people, they hear so many times, but they don't practice and they don't have faith in it. So I'm going to keep producing, talking until they have faith and they practice. The Bible says, my people will be set free when they know the truth. When you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. God doesn't want us to be in bondage. And the truth will set us free when we know and we practice the truth. When we know and have faith in the truth inside our heart and we practice it. If you don't practice the truth, it means you don't have faith. And it means that you don't care about it. For me, since I was a brand new believer, first year, when I got saved in 1981, I say, God, I want to know the Bible and I want to practice the Bible. I'm not going to be just hearer of the word and I don't care about what you say. I want to practice what you say in the Bible. So I pray that you all will become that kind of Christians. You practice what you know and you receive the word, not just a hate knowledge up here. Sometimes some people like to have hate knowledge, a lot of hate knowledge. But the word never go into their heart to have faith and walk by faith. Psalm chapter 4 verse 8 say, When I lie down, I go to sleep in peace. You alone, O Lord, you alone, O Lord, keep me perfectly safe. God alone can keep us perfectly safe. The Bible says clearly that we are living in a dangerous world. The Bible says that the end time coming, in the last day, there are a lot of dangerous or polarized things around us. There is no evidence in the Bible that say that the world is going to be completely safe until Jesus come back. So actually the condition is going to get worse. As time goes on, in the last day, we heard the news of violence, rape, murders, and terrible things, and people died, millions of people died because of this polarized and dangerous world. We need the protection from God. Car accident nowadays, so many scams to get your money. Is that dangerous? Yeah, some people pick up the phone or answer the email and get the, take money out of you. It's a dangerous way to really attack you. So my question is to you and me is, as we live in the dangerous world like this, full of sickness, disease, accident, murder, bad people, evil, demons, full of a lot of bad things, can God really protect us? Can God protect us? Do you believe that? Does God have abilities and power to keep you perfectly safe? Can he? Oh, God kept me so many times from being cheated, from being in lawsuit, being in the accident. God can protect us, keep us in the middle of the dangerous world and environment. Psalm 91, today we're going to learn how to receive God's protection. I'm going to talk about our part of human being, how to receive the protection from God. God is faithful. 
if you do your part, you give the legal right to God to do His part. But if you don't do your part, don't blame God that get you get into trouble. You need to do your part throughout the Bible. If you read the Bible carefully, there are always man part a blessing and good things, and God's part. He always say, "If you do this, I will do this." There are always two part, man parts and God's part. God has supernatural ability and power to protect all of us, but we need to take our responsibility. We need to do our part. If we don't take our responsibility, we should not blame God at all, because we don't give God's regal right to bless us and to take care of us. So many times when bad things happen, this is the way people make comment. I don't know why God brought this terrible thing to that person. I don't know why God allowed these bad things to happen to my mom, and they blame God. In fact, the right way to ask question is, what do I miss in receiving God's blessing and God's protection and grace? What part I miss? We should not blame God. Psalm 91 verses 1 to 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I say of the Lord. Everyone says, say. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Verse one and two talk about our part here. What is our part? Number one, we come under the shadow of His wing. We need to submit to Him. Submit thing mean obeying with a humble heart. God, you say turn right, I turn right. You say turn left, I turn left. I submit to you, Lord. Whatever you want me to do. Emotionally, did I want to go to Texas? No, I missed my work. I lost my income because I'm self-employed. But when God said, "You go to Texas this time to help this church," I submit. I am under His shadow, under His wing. I'm gonna do what He say, and I am protected. I came back home. I don't get sick because God protect me on this mission trip. Not only that, not only that, I submit to God. I Run under His wing. Number two, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth. The Bible say, "I will say of the Lord, speak." Christianity practice we call the great confession. How do you get saved? You get saved because we believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. How do you get healed? You get healed because you believe in your heart. By His stripes, I was healed, and I speak it up. You go away this sickness. You have to go in Jesus' name. On Thursday, I have root canal surgery. The assistant of the dentist say, "Hassle Lau, you're gonna have no doctor Lau. You're gonna use a lot of ice, and you have to take ibuprofen because it's gonna hurt like mad." When she said that. I smile. No, I'm not going to be hurt. I'm going to be fine. I can preach this Sunday. I declare I will not have that tooth pain. And you know, since that day, I never took any ibuprofen. I was able to go to work, no pain at all, because I spoke by faith that pain cannot be on my body, on my teeth. Amen. How do you? Get out from debt. How do you get out from poverty? In the same way, you believe in your heart. God, you are my provider. You are Jehovah Jireh. You shall supply all of my needs according to your riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And not only you believe, but you speak with your mouth. I have to tell you, I have a hard time retiring right now. I want to retire by March first, but my secretary come to me and say, Doctor Lau. So many patients want to see you. So many new patients call in. They say, "Oh wow, God bless me too much." Financially, so many new surgery. This next week, I'm gonna have to do eight surgery. God bless my, me financially because I speak. You shall supply all of my needs, so I can have money to do the mission. So I can fly. I can go do. Actually, this trip in Texas, 
Actually, they should give money to us because we preach for them. Pastor Dan wrote a big check and gave to them. I want to help you. I want to be a part of building this church, start the church. We want to give because we believe in church planting. Amen. The principle of confession should be done on a regular basis. This morning when I woke up, I say, God, you are my healer. You are my, I speak it out loud. You are my healer. You are my provider. You are my protector. Today, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be kept well. Nothing going to harm me. I speak according to the promise of God on a regular basis as a way of life. Everyone say, speak, believe as the way of life. How many people are going to do that from now on? When you wake up before you drive out of the house to go to office, you protect me, Lord, today. No car accident in Jesus' name. You believe and you speak. So if you want God to protect you, you need to speak up. God, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. I'm trusting in you to protect me. I know you have the power to protect me and to help me. And what is the result in verses 3 and 4? Verses 3 and 4, God's part of protection. Verses 1 and 2, our part. God promised in the Bible, verses 3 to 4, Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence from the pandemic right now. We have opened the church for how many months now? Three to four months? No one gets sick here. Thank God. God get the glory. He shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. So this verse talk about God's part. When you say, God, you are my protector. I submit to you. He's going to do his part. The pestilence, the pandemic, the bad things cannot touch us. Nothing can touch us, can destroy us. He's going to cover us and protect us. Verse 5, now our part again. So number one, submission. Number two, confession. Number three, now verse five, you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. What is our part here? Number three, we must not be afraid. We must not walk in fear. This is one of the most challenges in walking with God. Fear is a big problem in humanity. I want to encourage all of you, please don't keep feeding yourself with the news in the internet. It's going to make you fearful. Look at that George, YouTube, those news, CNN, whatever. You, you're going to be full of fear. Feed yourself with the word of God so that you have more faith. I rarely watch news because it's all crazy. If I keep watching, you're going to be a very fearful pastor. I will not even dare to go to work in the hospital and meet my patient in the clinic. But I feed myself with the word. And thank God we put a lot of teaching in the YouTube. You can watch. Not watch those crazy news. They try to brainwash you. And the devil is working to make you fearful. Fear is a big deal. And it's a big weapon of the enemy. You know why? Because fear is perverted faith. Faith in God is good. Fear also is faith. And fear is about this. I believe that those things are more powerful than my God. I believe in the power of my enemy. I believe in the power of bacteria and virus and accident. Oh, I'm so fearful I cannot drive. I cannot get out of my house because I cannot get into a car wreck. I cannot get on the airplane because I cannot get infection there. You're so fearful. You honor, you worship the thing that can destroy you more than your God. Fear is a perverted faith. Not only that, fear is insulting to God. I know I'm strong. Fear is insulting. Jesus died for you. Jesus was raised from the dead. He has power over death. Jesus has provided for you, brought you to America, Provided for you, give you the, given you the job. Jesus protect you how many times? He helped you so many times. And one day you say, oh, I cannot do this. What you try to say to God? God, you are not able to help me. 
I'm insulting you right now. With all those experiences all this year, God tried to keep you, help you. But when the time comes, you say, God, you cannot because I am very fearful. My brother and sister, God has the power to protect you. The third reason we should not fear. Okay, one is fear is the perverted faith. Two, fear is insulting to God. I make decision, I'm not going to walk in fear. Three, fear, according to the spiritual principle, is a magnet. Fear opens the door because you agree with the devil to make you susceptible to what you fear. The Bible says in the book of Job, what you fear will come upon you. I know a family long time ago who will never bring their kids to the Sunday school in our church. And they say to our Sunday school teacher that if our kids come to your church, they will get infected and they will have a flu. And you know, that family already backslid. Walk away from God, number one. Two, their kids were sick all the time. Fear of sickness brings sickness to you. Don't be fearful. Amen? We should not fear those things. The Bible says that Jesus has overcome him, mean the devil, who brings fear and put bondage into people that have the fear of death. Actually, we should not be fearful of death at all. Hebrews chapter 2, 14 to 15, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood. The Son, Jesus Christ, also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil. What is the power of the devil in here? The power. Who had the power of death? The devil has the power of death. He killed people. He's a killer. He's a destroyer. And he's a stealer, a robber. Only in this way could he, mean Jesus, set free all who have lived their life as slave to the fear of dying. This is why I want the spirit of Jesus to touch people. I would love revival because you know, I'm really proud of people in Texas there, the church there. They're not afraid at all. They love, they come to worship, they just love the Lord so much because they're not full of fear. And uh, you know fear that fear put you in bondage. You become slave to the devil. Fear Make you subject to his power. Don't be fearful at all. Some people say, I cannot go there. I cannot do this. I, I, I cannot. Oh, I cannot have a haircut. I cannot do this. And not only that, not only that they're fearful, they teach their children to be fearful too. And their children grow up with fear. Christians, believers, are you believers? Are you believers or are you fearer? This is my English language. Fearer. Are you afraid? It's my, my version of English language. We are not fear. We don't fear anything. Don't teach your kids to fear anything. Amen. Teach your kids, your kids to be strong. To be full of faith. Definitely we need to be, to follow the principle of medicine. When I perform surgery, I put a mask on. I cannot say, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to be fearful that my patient is going to get infection from my mouth. I need to put a mask on. I follow the scientific principle. But at the same time, I'm not going to walk in fear. We should be led by the Holy Spirit. We should not be led by the devil. If you, walk, you are led by fear, you are led by the devil. Because you're so scared. And he tried to control you with fear. Verses 5 to 7. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Any kind of problem. You don't need to be fearful. 
Okay, a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Bad things cannot come near your dwelling. You should not be in fear. Don't say this. This is a common conversation, even in the church. I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. I cannot do this. Oh, this is going to be in trouble. I'm afraid of this and that, and they don't do anything. They just get tortured by the devil, and they cannot do anything because they're so full of fear. My dear brother and sister, don't let fear hinder you from doing the kingdom of God's work. You should be full of faith. Can you imagine Peter? I mean, this is more serious than today. Peter got in jail because he preached the gospel. The angel set him out of angel. He came out, and a few days later, the soldier of Roman Empire saw him on the street preaching the gospel again. Did Peter say, "Oh, this Roman soldier gonna hang me, gonna crucify me, gonna put me in jail again? I need to hide myself in the house for ten more years until Caesar die?" No. That is more serious than today, because talking about crucifixion, talking about putting in jail, killed by the Roman soldiers, burned, put in the Colosseum to die, but they are not full of fear. What we face today is nothing compared to the Book of Acts. We should not be fearful at all. Amen. We continue to preach the gospel. We continue to build the church. We continue to witness to our friend. Make disciple. I know that some of you may be mad at me when I say all these things, but I'm a shepherd. I need to speak the truth. I need to speak the Bible, and if I don't speak the truth, the blood going to be on my head. But after I speak the truth, now is your responsibility. If I don't tell you the truth. God gonna punish me. I need to speak the truth. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't walk in fear at all. People say, "Oh, I don't believe in God's protection power. Anything can happen to me." We just never know. That is the word of doubt. No, we are believers. We believe and declare God will protect me. God. You know, some people really get mad when I say, "You know, you can command sickness to leave your body." Oh, this guy crazy! He's a doctor, but he say you can command sickness to leave your body. This guy is crazy. So many people don't like word of faith. Don't like the things in the Bible that talk about protection, healing, power, and things that God can take care by the promise of God. We need to stick with the Bible. That's why don't waste your time listening to the news, bad news. Listen to the Bible. Listen and read the Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalm ninety-one, eight to eleven. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the rewards of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge. You have made the Lord, who is my refuge. Even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall. Any plague come near your dwelling? No plague, no pestilence, no pandemic problem can come to your near your home or your body. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. First principle: submit to God. Second principle: believe in your heart and speak with your mouth. Third principle: don't walk by fear. Fourth. Way principle is you allow God to be your protector. You say you are my refuge. I accept you as my protector, and then He gonna put the, His feather upon you. He gonna put His wings upon you because you run to Him as your protector. You remember the Bible talk about the hen that. Put the wing out to cover the little chicks, 
and protect her chicks from being attacked from the enemy. Do you remember the story of the land of Goshen? God protect you by using His power field, a shield of protection, a canopy, a fortress, a structure, spiritual structure come around you that the enemy cannot come close to you. In the land of Goshen, God sent many plagues to the land of Egypt, and many herds and the flocks and people died in the land of Egypt. But when these plagues came to the land of Goshen, they bounced off. They could not get into the land because God put the shield of protection over them. Can we believe that God put the shield of protection over us? Do you believe God has that shield? Do you believe that God has that power field to protect you? Do you believe? I believe God can protect me. Amen. In the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus Christ, we have a testimony from one of our members here named Alita. She was in New York, and a young guy came with a knife, put the knife on her throat. Money, money, give your purse to me. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit told her, "In the name of Jesus and by the blood of Jesus, you cannot get anything from me." You know what happened to that young man? He fell back. He dropped the knife and ran away. He sent his angel. He charged his angel to come and protect you. These angels are powerful. One angel can kill 180,000 soldiers. One angel. These angels go with you everywhere. They stay with you around your house, and they go with you on the street, and they come home with you. They are with you everywhere. Do you believe that you have your angel? I have the angel for me, Amen. You heard the testimony long time ago that my son-in-law and my daughter was on the freeway I-90, and when they drove out of the ram into I-90, the road, the freeway was full of ice. So many car accident, bam, 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 bam. So many car accident, and they have a big SUV, big one. And they told me that it's amazing. Even the my grandkids say God really protected us because the whole way they could not control their the, the steering wheel because of the slippery. The whole way the car moved, not touch any car at all. Move, 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 and got out safely without hitting any car. Who pushed their car? Who moved their car? I believe the angels. Protected them. One time, when I first moved to America, I did not know how to drive in the snow because I grew up in the tropical country. Snow, I I don't like driving snow at all. I have to admit to you, scary. By December, I start to feel like oh, wow, snow coming again. And I remember I get out from Harborview Hospital and I gotta go downhill. You know that Harborview Hospital, so many hills. I gotta go downhill and. The, Road with full of snow and ice, so I did not know how to drive. I stepped on the brake very quickly. Oh, big mistake! The car slipped, and you know what I did? Jesus, I don't want to have increase premium for my insurance and repair my car. I was thinking that way. Premium gonna go up. It's amazing. On that downhill slope, my car stopped. Did not hit any car. Stop like this. At that time, I was a new believer. I did not know. Now I look back. The angel of the Lord stopped my car. Supernaturally, is God my protector? Can He send angel to take care of us? In verses 11 and 12, for He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. The angel. Can move your house, can move your car, can move your body, can do supernatural things, but you need to believe it, and you need to declare that the angel shall protect me. Amen. Okay. Number one, submit to God. Number two, you declare with your mouth and believe in your heart. Number three, 
Don't walk by fear. Don't fear anything. For you accept God as your protector. Let Him put the covering over you, the canopy over you. Five, you declare the angel of the Lord is with me, and I believe He takes care of me. That is your part. Now another one, Matthew two twelve. Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, came into the world. He was born as a baby, infant. He was growing up. He had a mission to do. Jesus Christ, in the body of a human being, have a mission to do. He and his mission to be fulfilled very important in the eyes of God. He need to fulfill his calling, but the enemy want to kill him. The Roman Empire governor wanted to get rid of Jesus. Look at what happened, Matthew two twelve. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed from their own country another way. The wise men were warned not to go back to Herod. Everyone said warnings. Divine warnings. The what number now? Five or six? Six. Number six. Listen to, heed, heeding, and obeying the warnings of God. Matthew two twenty two. But when he heard that Achilles was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod. He was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee. Joseph and Mary, who were assigned by the Father in heaven to take care of Jesus Christ, received the warning from heaven concerning possible danger in Judea. So, in order to protect Jesus. The warning came, and they turned to Galilee. You see, God wanted to protect Jesus Christ. If God used warning, used dream to protect Jesus, you think He can do the same thing to you? You think God can protect you through warnings? Do you need anything more spectacular than that? No. God warned you. God warned me so many times in my life. To avoid lawsuit, to avoid big problem. I remember one time, I performing surgery on a big clot in the temporal lobe here. The CT scan show big clot here. This has happened at Overlake Hospital, and at the end of removal of the, of the clot, God say it's not done. I said, "What? The CT scan show clot here." He says, "Not done. If you don't obey me, you're gonna have to bring the patient back again for another surgery, and you make it into trouble." He said, "There is another clot here in another location in the frontal lobe." So I obey God. I open and found another clot that happened between the CT scan and the surgery. Two clots. One time, a patient show up in the emergency room at Overlake Hospital with paralysis from the chest down. Could not move the legs. Initially, that patient moved the leg a little bit, and within two hours, the patient became totally paralyzed. And they kind of they delayed the investigation. It's their fault, the overleg fault. At that time, they don't pay attention enough. So the MRI, they got MRI, delay MRI, and found big clot in the spine, compressing the spinal cord. They call me up and say, "Can you take care of this?" I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Don't get involved. Tell the emergency room. Send this patient to University of Washington. Even though the surgery is simple, open the spine, take the clot out. Not a big deal. I say I don't want this money because if I perform surgery, I'm gonna get money. I say send to University. Don't get involved. A year later, I got a letter from a lawyer, and this patient make a lawsuit against everybody at the hospital, Overlake Hospital. I was saved. I did not get involved. They cannot sue me because I say I cannot do this. Sent to University of Washington. Is warning real? Should we listen to the warning? Should we be led by his voice or should we be led by money? We should be led by God's warning, God's direction. Amen.
verses 13 to 14, the Bible says, Psalm 91, You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him, I will set him on high, because he has known my name. The seven principle. Number one, you submit to God. Number two, you declare, confess with your mouth, he is your protector. Three, don't walk by fear. Four, you declare and you accept God as your protector, running under his wing. Five, you believe and declare the angels of the Lord will help take care of you. Six, listen to his warning. Seven, you love him. Let me, let me read one more time. Because he, mean you and me, he mean human being, has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. Because he has known my name. If you want God to deliver you from bad problem, you need to love the Lord. You make decision to love the Lord more than your own life. And the Lord is going to protect you. When you love the Lord, what do you do? You're interested to listen to what he needs to say. You pay attention to what he say. You obey what he say. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commands. And you love his body, love his church. I tell you, I love this church so much. Two days ago, one of our members come to my clinic. And she said, that, Pastor Lau, I hope you will never retire. I like you. You're a good pastor. And they say that I will never retire. I mean, I will never stop coming to this church and say bye-bye. This is my family. The church is the body of Christ. I love the church. Do you know why? Not because you are perfect. Some of you may sometimes step on my toe. Some of you may make me a little bit un uncomfortable the way you talk. But I love you. I love the church because I love Jesus. The church is the body of Christ. You cannot just love the head. Will you tell your wife, I just love your head. I don't love your body. Can you say that? No, you love the whole person, the head and the body. I'm going to read many scripture here. First John chapter 4, verses 18 to 21. There is no fear. I'm sorry, the sermon is long today. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. When you love Jesus so much, you don't fear anything. Fear is a sign of lack of love for God. Because fear involves torment. When you fear, you are tormented. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone say, I love God and hate his brother. So I preach strong today and then you hate me. You don't love God. He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen. How can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. When we love God, we love his church. We love his people also. The sign of loving God is to love his church. Romans chapter 5 verse 8, I'm going to read quickly here. But God shows and clearly proves his own love for us by the fact that why we were still sinners, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one, died for us. The reason I love God so much because he died for me. He died for me. Amen. He loved me first. I need to love him back. I should not love myself and just be selfish and live for myself. I should love him and love his church and live my life for him and for his church. Romans chapter 12 verse 5 say, So in Christ, we who are many form one body. The body is the church. You love Jesus by you know, you never see Jesus. I mean, frankly, I never see Jesus. Jesus is in heaven. How in the practical way I'm going to show love to Jesus? Very easy. I love the church. 
That is a practical way to show love to Jesus. So I love the church. If I love the church, I don't just come here to be consumer. I want to get involved. I want to help. I want to serve. I want to build. Tell me. I pull up my sleeve. Tell me, pastor, what can I do to build the church of Jesus Christ? Because I love him. First John 3, 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our life for our brothers. Again, the reason I'm happy to fly to Colorado, to Texas in this time of pandemic, because I lay down my life for my brothers and sisters in another city. Amen? I don't want to be just nominal Christians. I want to be real Christians. I love Jesus in a practical way. Revelation 12, 11, and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb can protect us and by their testimony. And they did not love their life so much that they were afraid to die. When you love Jesus so much, like the early church Christian in the book of Acts, they were not afraid to die for Jesus. They were not afraid of crucifixion, being killed by lions in the Colosseum. They were not afraid. They still worship God together. They go to the houses and worship and do the communion and listen to the teaching. They were not afraid to die because you love Jesus so much. God, people, let me ask this question. Do you love Jesus? Matthew 24, 3, 2, 4, and 12. This is happening in the end time right now. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciple came to him privately, tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Verse 4, Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceived you. Be careful, you listen to the news. They deceived you. They deceive you. You have to be careful. Read the Bible. Don't be controlled by the news. Because they can do anything to control you. Look at verse 12. This is scary. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Shake your heart every day. Do your love for Jesus grow cold? Or you still go banana for Jesus? I'm sorry if you get mad at me. But I have to read the word. I have to wake up the church. To love Jesus. If you want God's protection. Revelation 3, 15 to 16. I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I vomit you out of my mouth. My brother and sister, I beg you, be hot for God. Don't let this COVID-19 make you cold and lukewarm. So quiet. It's in the Bible. Are you lukewarm? Are you hot? You still love Jesus? Is your love for God growing cold? Think about this. This is your homework. And I did my part. I spoke the truth to the church. And now it's your own responsibility. The blood is not on me anymore. You take care of your life. You make your own decision what you want to do with Jesus. With his church, with his body. I don't consider the church as an organization. The church is the body of Christ. I take serious about the church. His people. Whom he bought with his blood. With a high price. And I want to serve God. I want to build churches. I don't want to be living in fear. And let the circumstances in this world stop me. 
I don't have to face Caesar and the cross and the Colosseum like in the old time. I don't have to face jail because I have freedom to preach the gospel in America. Can you imagine worse? In certain countries, you have to be put in jail. You can be killed in certain country if you talk about Jesus in public. Here, nothing in America. Wake up. Ask yourself. I think this teaching is about protection, but at the same time, if you need God protection, one, you submit to God. Two, you confess with your mouth; He is your protector. Three, don't walk by fear. Four, run to Him and call Him to be your protector. Five, believe in the angelic protection and confess with your mouth, "Angel shall protect you." Six. You listen, heed, and obey the warnings of the Lord. Seven, you love Him. If you love Him, verse fifteen say, "He shall call upon me." I will continue next Sunday. He will call upon me when you love God, and I will answer Him, and I will be with Him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. How many people want God to honor you? How many people want God to deliver you? How many people want God to be with you in trouble? And when you call on him, he say, "I come and I can help you. I'm not going to ignore you because you love him and you show your love to him by listening to his word, obeying his word, loving the church, building his church." Worshiping him, go banana for him. Love God more than your own life. Amen. Hallelujah. I think once a while the church need to be taught like this. Actually, all this year I'm so on fire for God. I never stop being on fire. But I don't want New Hope International Church to be lukewarm, just to go downhill in the love for God. Today I preached like apostle. <laughs> I preached like on the mission trip, not pastor. You know, when I go out of town, I preach. I preach this way, very strong, because I break the new ground. I think I need to start preaching like apostle in the church now. I'm too nice, too long. I need to be strong. Amen. Hallelujah, Father! Thank you so much for reminding your body, your sheep, your people, not to be focused on the things of this world too much, not to allow fear to control their heart, but they will have faith. They will love you more than their life. They will serve you. They will love your church. And they will, Lord, learn how to be protected by you, Lord. Only one chapter in Book of Psalm 91. Thank you, Lord. We learn so much today, and we believe you are the God of protection. You are our fortress and refuge. You are our shield of protection. You are the canopy over our life. You send your angels to take care of us, Lord. Lord, I pray that Your Holy Spirit will work in the heart of those who listen to this teaching, instead of being mad at me and wanting to attack me, just like people did to the prophets in the Old Testament. They shall repent and they shall wake up and be hot for God and love God more than before. Lord Jesus, you died for them. You loved them first. Help us in America, Lord, here in Washington State, to love you, to go banana for you, Lord, and we will not fear anything. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. We trust that this message is ministered to you. 
If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. I'm so thirsty. Oh, you know.